Welcome to the Forager Podcast, where I talk with cottage food businesses about their strategies for running a food business from home. I'm David Crable, and today I am talking with Beverly Clutter. Beverly lives in Fairmont, West Virginia, and sells custom cookies, cakes, and other baked goods with her cottage food business, West Virginia Cookie Jar. Now, the first ever National Cottage Food Conference happened just over a month ago, and Beverly was one of the attendees that really stood out to me. Uh, There was actually a photo contest during the conference, and I felt like Beverly's photos were some of the best submissions that I saw. And there was also a leaderboard, which kind of tracked people's uh, activity during the conference. And Beverly was in this tight battle with one other attendee, Joanne. They had like over 400,000 points each, which was, I think, at least 100,000 more than anyone else had. Uh, but they they were um, super active during the conference, and that resulted in her leaving a ton of helpful comments on pretty much anything and everything. So I felt like I got to know her a little bit just because she was so helpful with other people, and I could tell that her experience with baking uh, extended well beyond the two or so years that she's been running the business. So I am looking forward to learning from her today, and with that, welcome to the show, Beverly. Nice to have you here. Thank you, David. It's nice to be here today. So Beverly, can you take us back to the beginning of, uh, not necessarily your business, because I know your business started only two years ago, but I feel like you had experience baking from well before that. So maybe from when you started baking all the way up until you uh, actually started the business. Well, I started baking with my mom, as most people do. She was an avid baker. We lived in the country, she baked everything that we had. So I learned to bake with her. And then when did you actually decide to start this business? The church I was attending at the time decided to have a cookie tray sale to earn some extra income for the church. And people had signed up for thumbprint cookies and drop cookies and chocolate chip cookies, things like that. And it was kind of one note and collar. So I volunteered to do um, decorated sugar cookies. I had never done them before. So it was was quite a learning curve, not so much the sugar cookie itself, but the decorating with royal icing. Uh, The first one I attempted to make the icing slid right off the cookie. After a few attempts, though, I got the consistency down and I figured out that I was pretty good at it. How did you learn? I mean, you'd you'd say you had no experience decorating cookies and you signed up to provide cookies for this event. So were you like using YouTube or something to learn? I used a lot of YouTube. And I know, I know when you started your business, you're working full time. So what's your work experience like? I work full time. I still work full time. Um, I'm a nurse. So my work experience didn't give me a leg up in the business at all. You say that, but you know, nurses work long shifts, right? So you're used to a lot of work and you're used to working a lot, right? And I think that might have something to do with uh, it's. I, I feel like that's actually similar to a food business in some ways. Well, yeah, the the hours actually are long hours in nursing and, and in baking. And so you um, you still do nursing full time? I do. 
Okay. And so how are you able to run this business while running a full-time job? Well, I'm lucky enough to have a position now that I work from home. So I don't have the commute time anymore. So that gives me an extra one to two hours a day that I can work on my business. So I work till four o'clock as a nurse. And then I work from four o'clock on in my baking business. Would you say that's about what you're doing a day is just one to two hours? Or do you think you do more than that? I usually work from four o'clock to 7 p.m. And about how many orders are you doing consistently per week? That varies depending on the size of the orders. This week, I have five orders and they're fairly large orders, like four dozen each. So that keeps me fairly busy because sugar cookie, decorated custom sugar cookies do take quite a while to do. So you started this business from the church event, right? But how did that actually kickstart the business? What I did was I started a separate Facebook page and it was simple. You know, you have to call them something. That's where WV Cookie Jar came up. I just thought, you know, I'm in West Virginia and they're cookies. So that's the name. And I just started that page so I could post pictures of the cookies I was decorating. That's when um, I started getting questions about orders. And I was completely floored that someone wanted to order cookies from me and pay me for them, especially when I first started, because they were cute, but they weren't the quality that they are now. Let's say that you hadn't started that Facebook page, WV Cookie Jar Facebook page. Do you think you would have still gotten the orders or do you think you needed that Facebook page to to kind of kick things off? I think I would have gotten a few orders just because of the cookie trays from the church. But I think the Facebook page was the main reason I got most of the orders that I did and still continue to today. And I feel like you've been baking for a a long time. So even though you say, I know you were new to decorating cookies, but I feel like just from the products that I see on your site now, you probably had, you're probably underselling yourself. You probably had some pretty decent looking cookies in those early days. They weren't bad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I, I can imagine why people probably wanted to buy them. Um, but okay. So you started that Facebook page and it's just surprising to me because I feel like most people wouldn't do that. Where, where did that idea come from to actually create, um, kind of an online space for showcasing your cookies and and the work that you're doing? Honestly, I just felt that I didn't want to post, keep posting cookies, you know, cookies, cookies, cookies on my personal page. Because I just felt like, you know, friends and family would be, oh, there's another cookie. There's another cookie. And it's mostly my personal page is a way to keep in contact with family that, you know, doesn't live very close. So I started a separate page just, you know, if they wanted to see the cookies, they could go there. If they, you know, if they didn't want to, then they could just stay on my personal page. Got it. Well, so... When you started the Facebook page, did you have any ambition of 
could you see this taking off and becoming a business or was it really just to get those posts off of your personal page? It was just to get them off my personal page. I had no idea that it would become a business. Interesting. Okay. So this is a kind of an accidental business that fell into your hands because your cookies were super impressive and people were buying them and asking to buy them. And do you remember how much you were, people were paying for you in those early days for your cookies? The earliest ones were $12 a dozen. And that's just simply because I had no idea how to price <laughs> anything. Not a clue. $12 a dozen for decorated sugar cookies? Yes. Okay. So I imagine you, you charge a bit more than that these days. I do. <laughs> that's, that's about as low as I think I've heard for a decorated sugar cookie. But yeah, we all start somewhere, of course. And just as a comparison, you're over two years in now. What what does your pricing look like now? Um, my sugar cookies start out now at $30 a dozen and go up to $50. Okay. And are there any bakeries in your area that, that sell decorated sugar cookies that you comp- compare to, like to give a sense for what the pricing is like in your area? There really isn't. It's a fairly small town. The town I actually live in doesn't even have a bakery that does cookies. The next town over, there's a bakery. They don't really focus on cookies. They have some occasionally. Really, it can't compare. There are a few local decorators also that have cottage businesses, and we all stay within, you know, $5 of each other. So do you think that's part of the reason why there is so much demand for your cookies from the beginning? Because there's not many other people offering this in your area? Right. I really think that is what helps me. Because in this area, there's just not... First, I didn't know there was even a market for it. And then when I found out there actually was a fairly large market for it, there aren't that many people doing it. All right. So you started the Facebook page. You started to get an interest or attention. When did this start to really feel like a, a real thing that had potential to go somewhere? It was probably May. You know, I started the page in December. And by May, I was getting enough orders to keep me busy. Now, I wasn't as fast at it as I am now. But I I had enough orders to keep me pretty busy most weeks. And I can see that your Facebook page now has, I think, almost 2,000 likes, which is a lot. And do you know, like, how how did that ramp up? How has that growth happened over the last couple of years? Like, when when did you gain most of your followers? Or has it been just a gradual increase over time? The majority of them have been a gradual increase. I did have a giveaway when I hit, I I can't remember the number. I think it was 500. So I did a giveaway and that got me a lot of followers. You know, who doesn't like free cookies? (laughs) And what was the, can you tell us that how that giveaway worked? Like how many cookies did you give away and how many winners did you have, et cetera? I did one dozen cookies And I let the person pick 
when they wanted them and, and what they wanted. And did they like have to comment on your Facebook post or something in order to enter? Yes, they had to like my Facebook page and they had to share it on their page. Do you remember about how much your following grew beyond 500 from that giveaway? It jumped up to almost a thousand from the one giveaway. Wow. Have you done more giveaways since then? I haven't yet. I'm going to when I hit 2000. I feel like you you just need to do a giveaway tomorrow, it sounds like. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're getting really close to 2000. So maybe you'll jump from 2000 to 4000 and, you know, and you'll be well on your way. So that gives me a good sense for kind of how this business got off the ground. But I know that it wasn't just your area but also your cookies really do look amazing and and your photography looks really good as well you knew not like nothing about decorating sugar cookies when you started this just a couple years ago and did you know anything about business marketing photography like have you had to learn everything brand new or do you think you had some skills already in place when you got this started Oh, I had less than zero business knowledge. That was the hardest part and still is today. Um, Photography, I've always liked to take pictures and everyone always says, oh, you have a good eye. But I really had no training or especially indoor photography. So that was a learning curve also. Yeah, well, you do you do take really nice pictures. Have you taken any courses or anything like that to improve your photography? No, not the photography part. I I just practice. Wow. Yeah, so it's all trial and error, probably also looking at other people's photos to you know, yes. get inspiration. Well, they they do look great. Do you shoot them all from your smartphone? I do. Do you know of any like tips that you would recommend to somebody who needs to improve their photos? I think you just have to, the main thing is good lighting and it can be early morning sun or it can be later evening sun. I have two spots in my house. One is in the kitchen. It gets early morning light. And if I want, if I have brighter, happier cookies, like Fiesta cookies, baby shower cookies, I usually photograph them in the morning light. It's just brighter light. If I have a moodier, deeper kind of cookie, like, you know, the dad cookies or just something a little darker, I do in the evening in that light. And it's all natural light. If you could get outside, it helps um, keep the house lights off. It makes a horrible yellow tinge to the pictures. And just practice your, if you have a smartphone, I have an iPhone but all smartphones have good cameras and they have wonderful editing built in your phone. You really don't need anything else. Well, they do, they do look very good. And actually I feel like you've used props with some of your photos and that might be the, the good eye that other people are referring to, but I feel like you do a pretty good job of setting up your uh, photos as well. Right. And I did, on my web page, I did a little blog about the picture that you see versus what's really happening. And, you know, like I am up on a ladder. <laughs> There's a mess all around me. But the picture you see is a nice, clean 
little picture with a blurred effect, you know, and you just don't see what goes on behind that camera. I can certainly relate to that as somebody who even outside of the, um, baking space but like with with my um video that i do sometimes to forge or if you saw what's happening behind the camera of like sometimes i've had cardboard boxes stacked on cardboard boxes to set my camera up in a certain location and it's just it's just funny if you see the behind the scenes stuff do you ever it sounds like you do with that post do you like to showcase behind the scenes and put that on your facebook page That was the first time I had done that, but I am going to start posting a little bit more about the actual making aspect of it, like icing cakes and because people, you know, they don't know what goes into it sometimes. And it's interesting. They want to know so they can see the fresh ingredients that are going on. I use locally sourced whenever possible. And I, I don't think I showcase that enough. I did see the locally sourced on your website somewhere. And what does that mean? What do you particularly locally source in your business? Eggs, if I can get them. Milk, if I can get it. We don't really have any grains around here that I can purchase locally. Uh, I would love to do that. This, this is a small area and we just don't have any millers. We have, I want to start offering lemon lavender cookies and we do have a lavender farm here in Fairmont that I'm going to, to get some lavender from this summer. Does your area have any local markets like a farmer's market? We do. We do. Have you ever tried to sell at that market? I have just been so busy with custom orders that I can't get any made ahead to actually go to the farmer's market. Now this summer, our town is having like a main street market. They, they have food trucks come vendor set up. They have games for kids. It's a new thing they're doing this year. And I have signed up for what is August, September and October for that. So I can block the week of off so I can bake for that market. Hmm. So your business is just all organic growth, word of mouth, and then the Facebook page. And that's gotten you to being pretty busy. It sounds like. Yes. Yes. I can imagine like how big is Fairmont in terms of population? I believe it's like 20,000. Okay. So sizable town. It's just, it seems like you're, business is going to take off even more if you get out to an event like that. Right. I I did one pumpkin festival. It was two years ago. And it, it was kind of hilarious because people were coming up to me saying, oh my gosh, I've wanted to meet you. I keep watching your Facebook page. And that was just so bizarre to me. It was like, oh my gosh, why would you want to meet me? <laughs> That's the benefit of living in a small town. It sounds like everyone's hearing about you. Right. So you said that one of the hardest things about starting this business was the business side of that. Can you elaborate on that? I didn't really know anything about the business side. Like I knew that I needed to get registered and get a license, but I didn't even know how to do that. I just 
Googled how to start a business and found the websites I needed to go to. The West Virginia Cottage Food Law had just passed when I was looking into this. So the West Virginia agriculture and our city (laughs) had no idea how to even help me. They didn't know what I needed to do. So we all figured it out together. (laughs) That's pretty common. That definitely happens quite a lot. I hear that a lot from people who say, my officials don't even know what to do, especially in a small town like yours. But it sounds like they were very willing to help you, though. They were. They were very nice to help me out. They worked pretty fast as far as, you know, I figured it would take quite a while, but they got back to me with answers within a day or two, usually. That is that is not common. <laughs> I don't hear that too much from people working with their state officials, but it sounds amazing. So how long did it take for you to actually get your business off the ground officially? Officially started in August of 2019. So less than a year after I started, um, I actually got turned into the health department. Oh, really? Went legit. Yes. Oh, wow. And how did that happen? Did some, someone, do you think they report you because of competition concerns or? The one local bakery that I mentioned has workers that look on Facebook and turn in anyone selling baked products. That is pretty much the only time I hear of someone getting turned in is from another bakery or baker who cares about competition and, you know, feels like you're taking business away from them. But it sounds like it wasn't a huge problem and it didn't take too much for you to get your business legalized, right? No, it actually it actually turned out to be a really good thing because now, um, you know, I'm an official business. I have the right to make and sell whatever. Well, not whatever I want. I can't use cream cheese or or things like that. But but yeah, I'm a business now. And it really did help because now I, I post more on Facebook than I did before. So as you developed your Facebook page to show off your skills, did most of your orders start to come from people who found you on Facebook? Or do you think they came from recurring customers? Or do you think they came from word of mouth? Like, do you know how people were finding you? I think it was just a mix of everything. I did have returning customers. As my prices went up, I did lose some of the early customers you know, bless the hearts of the people that stuck with me because it's a completely different thing than it was when I first started. Not the cookie itself, but packaging and, you know, the quality of the decorating, how I, we deliver and how people pick up. I mean, I, I learned a lot just by doing it. Things that I wish I had known before, like where to get the best packaging and, and how to package, and, you know, who to get items from locally. I just learned as I went. So what specifically, what were some of those things? Like we could start with packaging. What did you have to do to start uh, improving your packaging? Well, when I started out, I just used like a shirt box with, with some tissue paper and I put the cookies in there. And, you know, up to now, 
uh, heat seal the cookies in a cello bag and they're packaged in a white bakery box with a clear panel on the front so they can see their cookies in the package. And where are you getting the supplies for the packaging? I get boxes a lot from CK products. Um, Clear bags, I get the cello bags from. They're really great. They always have sales. And they're wonderful to work with if you need to contact them. Where do you get the cello bags from? It's called Clear Bags. And I get a good bit of things from Amazon. Uh, I get a lot of cookie cutters from Ann Clark. So that's the packaging side. What were some of the other things that you feel like you just you just had to learn as you went? Have you adjusted your ingredient sourcing at all? Where do you get your ingredients from? I get most of the ingredients from Sam's Club. I'm not quite big enough to get it from like a wholesaler yet. Yeah, most people aren't quite ready to do a wholesale but yeah sam's club or or some kind of membership wholesale is is typically a good way to go right we around here we don't have a costco we don't have any kind of restaurant suppliers so sam's is about the cheapest place to get ingredients and they're good ingredients have you improved your labeling at all I have. At first, I didn't have any labeling. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing. So now I have uh, some stickers I put on the boxes, do a little wrap around the box with a bow sometimes to make it look more gifty. So you do the decorated sugar cookies. Um, What else do you sell with your business? Um, I do cupcakes and custom cakes. I've just, I've actually, I've sold a little bit of everything, hand pies, different kinds of cookies, macarons, if I absolutely have to make them, I attempt to make them. I go through a lot of those before I get a good batch. I'm not very good at those yet. I've just recently started doing some wedding cakes. I really enjoy that. I did see, I think on your about page or something, you said, just tell me what to make and I'll make it. <laughs> right. I haven't turned down an order yet. The The newest one that I got that is due this week is for mahogany cake with ermine icing. I'm like, sure, I can do that. And then we get off the phone and I, I'm Googling what is mahogany cake and ermine icing. <laughs> so that was new to me. So uh, what did you do with your recipes uh, when you were starting out? Where were you getting your recipes from? Or did you already have them on hand? And how have those changed over time? I had some of them on hand, like some cake recipes, uh, the sugar cookie recipe. I tried out on my family until they're like, oh, this is the one. Don't change it. So that's the sugar cookie recipe I still use today. Um yeah, that's a good thing if someone's just starting out to, to test all your recipes before you put it out to the public. So if they get a cookie or a cake from you today, in three months, they can get a cookie and a cake from you and it's going to taste the same. And what's the process like for developing a recipe? Are, are you um, still testing it out on family and friends, like for this mahogany cake and ermine icing order? Yes, yes. I looked up recipes. After you bake for a little while, you kind of know what 
more butter, less butter, less oil, more oil will do to a, a product. So I combined several different recipes and I tried three different ways on, on my family and uh, settled on the one that we liked the best. Now, I know that some bakers have said they started out like you are doing, doing everything, and then they kind of settled into their zone of what they do best. And I'm not sure if you're quite there yet, but is it the decorated sugar cookies or what do you feel like you enjoy doing the most? I started out and I was just going to do the decorated sugar cookies, but then I got requests for other things. And I find that if I just do one thing that I really get bored and I'm not as satisfied as if I can do several different things. Right now, the cookies sell really well. Cupcakes only sell well. And I really am enjoying the decorated custom cake side of it. So do you feel like you will at any point get so inundated with orders that you'll have to start moving back towards one thing? I don't think I will. I will just take orders as they come in until my schedule's full for that period of time. And then I'll just work on whatever orders I have. Well, and you're still working a full-time job. So is there any part of you that thinks about maybe leaving the full-time job to pursue this full-time? I don't see that happening. I would truly like to stay in nursing until I can retire, which isn't that far away. And then I'll have more time to do the baking. So I think I'm happy with the way things are going right now. I do wish that I had a little more time for the baking now because I do enjoy it. I don't know if the fact that you're a nurse affects this in a unique way, but how did the pandemic affect your business? The pandemic did not affect my business much. Before the pandemic hit, I offered cookie decorating classes, which were a big hit. I was doing anywhere from two to six a week, and we just had a blast. Then when the pandemic hit, of course, that had to stop. It was all in person. Were you advertising these classes through word of mouth or through Facebook, or you know, how did people hear about them? I would put them on Facebook and book that way. I used Eventbrite for the tickets. That helped keep track of the tickets a little bit better, so I didn't have to do that end of it. Yeah, two to six per week sounds like a lot to me. And like, were you having a small group size or a a maximum group size for these classes? Yes, I did a maximum of, let's see, some groups were 10 and Once in a while, I would do 15. That way they could have personal instruction. I would be right there to be able to help each person. That's still a pretty good size for classes, especially for how often you're doing them. What were you pricing the classes at? And how long did the classes last? They lasted about two hours, hour and a half to two hours. And they were $30 a person what $30 would be, you know, 10 people is, you know, you're making a few hundred dollars 
in a couple hours. That's pretty good. Yeah. And were people coming back over and over again for the classes? Or were you usually dealing with new people? I had several repeat customers. People would come to classes for themselves with their friends, and then they would come back the next time with maybe a grandchild or their daughter. And then, you know, they would go to work and tell their friends what fun they had and how they learned so much. And then they would book the next classes. So as you've run this business over uh, two, two years now, what are some of the moments that stand out to you? Uh, anything memorable? I think the moments that stand out the most are the extreme, like the extreme good and the extreme oh no moments. Uh, for the extreme good, I had a mother tell me after her five-year-old's birthday party, he had a whole party. She said, what was the best part of today? And he said, it was my birthday cake. That was just, that was awesome. And I've had mothers pick up bridal shower cookies and start crying when they picked up the cookies. They were just, oh, they're just so perfect, you know. And so that's like, that's just overwhelming joy. On the other side, I have done some blunders, like I've dropped wet cookies on the floor. So I had to make the whole thing over. I've went to pick up a cake for delivery and my hand slipped and went into the cake. <laughs> that was the, you know, they're just things you have to think really fast what to do. <laughs> Were you able to recover from that experience? I was, I was, it was just, it looked like a bowling ball. I had three fingers went into the cake. Luckily it was at the bottom so I could feel the actual cake part with icing and then put like icing grass around the area and it covered it well. Uh, any other delivery mishaps? I have been very lucky with delivery so far. No no trips, no slips. I've been very fortunate with deliveries. I've I've learned from other bakers and their stories to be extra careful. So in terms of running this business out of your home, do you feel like this business is taking over your home kitchen or your home space? We no longer have an official dining room. I've taken that over completely. The dining room tables where I decorate cookies. I have lots of supplies everywhere. And so it sounds like you have, you know, obviously grown your business quite a lot, but do you feel like much of that has been intentional? Like, have you intentionally marketed your business at all? Or do you just feel like it's happened on its own? It's really been organic. I haven't advertised. I did one Facebook ad. I like, I They gave me free $20, so I used it for an ad. But I really didn't notice anything different with that. Maybe a few more followers. But it's just really been organic, word of mouth. Yeah, I don't think that a Facebook ad would really be applicable to a business like yours where you're marketing to a very local area. And I just think that Facebook ads work particularly well when you have a higher order value than what you know your cottage food products are likely going to command. So I wouldn't necessarily expect $20 of Facebook ads to lead to anything, but it's always helpful to try it. You know, and it doesn't hurt to try things. 
Right. And, and it was a $20 credit. So I was like, okay, I'll try it. Yeah. I feel like you've learned enough through the conference and other things, probably have quite a few marketing ideas to work with, but it sounds like you're pretty good. Like, are you trying to expand your business at all at this point? I'm just trying to get more into maybe like the wedding side of things, you know, like doing the markets that are coming up. I just learned a lot from the conference. It's like, you know, I really need to get my face out there as much as I would like to hide in my house and just be the baker. It's like, I I need to get out and interact more also. Well, you certainly did that with the conference. What was your perspective of the conference? Oh, the conference was just amazing. It just made me feel not alone anymore. Like, you know, other businesses have conferences all the time and they can communicate more. Well, we really didn't have a network before. Like now I'm in contact with people from California and Oregon and Texas and Minnesota, which before I knew a couple around here, but that was it. Yeah, I feel like a lot of states have Facebook groups or things. I mean, I think even Minnesota has an association, but I don't think West Virginia does. Unfortunately, I feel like you just happen to live in a state that doesn't have as much organization around your cottage food law. Right. I did find one on there, but the last post was like Halloween a year or two ago. Mm. I mean, it could just be, I've noticed less interaction online from some Midwestern states or more rural areas. So that could be it. It also could just be the fact that your law is so new. I mean, it really didn't change until just before the pandemic hit. So, you know, it might just take some time to get more people on board and realizing that they can do this legally pretty easily. Before the law changed, you had to have the whole separate kitchen. You had to have the commercial kitchen. You could bake from your house, but you needed the whole separate area with, you know, everything that entails, mops, sinks, hand washing stations, separate entrance, all the rules that now don't apply. And I was lucky that my town, I'm in a residential area, and I was lucky enough that they said, we'll work with you. Just, I, I can't post a sign, any signage outside that says this is a business. Right. That's a zoning requirement. Did you have to get like a general business license? Yes. And there wasn't any other requirements, like no fire inspection or other types of uh, requirements for your home or a zoning permit? No, I had to register with the BNO tax with the city and get a state license. And that was the only requirements that I had. Yeah, that that's pretty minimal <laughs> overall. What did you have to learn about doing taxes and accounting in your business? Well, honestly, everything. The only taxes I had ever done were personal taxes, and it was the easy form. I didn't know what a B&O tax was when I started. Luckily, my husband is well-versed in taxes, and he does our income taxes and the business taxes. So that helps out tremendously. Do you do anything like having a separate bank account for your business? Like, how do you keep track of your sales and your expenses and such? I do have a separate bank account. 
and I did it when I first started and it was so confusing to try to figure everything out because up until well, pretty much the conference, I was really, really bad at keeping track of expenses and gains and losses. So that was another thing I learned uh, during the conference. Do you feel like you, I mean, you, you know, you've been a nurse for a long time, been an employee for a long time. Did you ever f- see yourself owning and operating and running a business like this? I never did. My mom did run her bakery for a while, and I just never thought that that's something that I would want to do until I started. You know, it was an accidental start. People wanted me to make them some cookies, and it just kind of snowballed from there. I have learned so much in the last two years. Some of it I wish I would have learned before I started. It would have made the process much smoother. And what is your perspective now that you are a business owner? It's very rewarding and fulfilling um, in my job as a nurse. I'm not always part of the happy moments in people's lives. If you need medical care, then, you know, it's not that greatest moment you've ever had in your life, usually. On the other side, in my business, it's all about the happy moments. And I just love that I get to be part of people's special days. Have you merged these two interests at all? Like, have you brought your cookies and such into the hospital for things? I mean, even just to give away to patients, have you done anything with both of them at the same time? My position that I have now, I work from home, so I'm not actually at the hospital I have had local hospitals, emergency squads, life flight. I have had them order from me and I always give them a discount on cookies just because of the work and the, you know, the stress they go through every day. Do you feel like going through that stress? Well, I don't know how much stress you've gone through as a nurse, but I know that the hospital is an intense environment, especially at some times, but do you feel like that in a way prepared you for running this business? I think it did. Nursing, you have to really think fast. A lot of the time things change very quickly. And I think that also has helped me in the baking business. Also orders get canceled. People need things right away. So my work as a nurse really helped me to be able to pivot rather quickly and change plans. I'd also say that the cookie work can be pretty redundant, right? Like if I don't know how many cookies you're making at once, like what's the largest cookie order you've made? The largest order I had was 20 dozen, all of the same thing. Okay, that's over 200 cookies of all the same thing. So that redundancy, I don't know if that relates in any way to the nursing, but I feel like nursing requires a lot of patience and maybe the cookie work does too. It does. It does. Unlike with the nursing though, when I'm doing a redundant order of cookies, I can kind of zone out. You know, I can listen to books or podcasts. So it's it's redundant, but relaxing at the same time. 
And so I know you do royal icing cookies. Is that pretty much the only style of decorated cookie that you do? Yes. And what have you learned or like what techniques have you adopted over time from the first cookies you made a couple of years ago to now? The first cookies I made uh, were just pretty much flat royal icing, what we call flooded. It's like an outline and then flood in the center, maybe a little design in the wet icing. And now I like do flowers and textures and names and writing and gold and just all kind of different techniques now. Do you feel like you're constantly buying more supplies to do more types of things with your cookies? I am pretty set on supplies. After two years, I always am buying new cookie cutters, though. And what do you feel like is your busiest time of the year over the past couple of years? Christmas is always a big one. And then the summer months are really big because we have graduations going on, lots of weddings, lots of baby showers, schools out, kids parties. Summer just seems to really be busy. So what would you say now now that you've, you know, kind of transitioned into running this business part time, what would you say in terms of who you think should consider starting a cottage food business? Like what type of person would you recommend look into starting a cottage food business? I think you need to be self-disciplined. I mean, there's nobody that's going to tell you, you know, it's time to get up and do this. So you have to be a self-starter, self-disciplined. You have to make sure you have a product that the public wants, not just family You have to take the time and know that if we really are going to do a cottage food business, that it's, it takes a lot of time. Even if you're not baking or cooking, you're doing research, you're doing the business part, you're, you know, you're taking pictures, you're editing. There's just a lot of time that goes into it. Is there any other advice you can think of that you'd give to someone who has decided to jump in and start their business? Perfect those recipes before you start. Um, Know that even if you're an introvert, you've got to get yourself out there. And people want to see a face with the product and not just the product. Research packaging, talk to other people, get online, join the groups, Facebook groups. Uh, People are so willing and helpful. Just do a lot of research before you really dive into it. We talked a little bit about where your business is heading into the future, but where do you see this business in, say, a year or two? I think in a a year or two, I will have gotten even better with cakes because in my own eyes, I'm I'm okay with cakes, but I, I there's so much room for improvement, and I think that'll happen. I think that I will also have the business side down a little bit more and not struggle so much with that aspect of it. And do you ever see yourself moving out of your home kitchen? I don't. At first, when I first really started and it was a true business, I thought that I would love to have a brick and mortar and have a storefront. 
but the more I think about it, the more I think I'm happy with what I can do at home and not have the additional cost of the overhead and taxes from a building and employees and all of on, on that side of an actual brick and mortar. As I'm doing it now at home, I can just stop. And when I want to, it, I don't have to keep a store open. You know, if I, if I want to stop and rest or go somewhere, I can do that now. Or if I had a brick and mortar, I wouldn't be able, I wouldn't have as much flexibility. Yeah, that makes sense. And I, I think especially with you being in a fairly small town, it does also make sense to stay at home. But um, last question, why do you love running your business? I love the freedom it gives me. It it gives my family extra money. It's the freedom to honestly just be part of such good celebrations. It's just so touching that I get to be part of a wedding or a birthday or first birthday or a baby shower. And then the next year, the first birthday. I just love it. Well, it it can tell that you are offering an amazing service to your local area that needs it. But if somebody is listening to this and wants to reach out to you, how can they find you? I'm on Facebook. Uh, what's it's WV Cookie Jar. I'm on Instagram WV underscore Cookie underscore Jar. I just started a web page. It's wvcookiejar.wordpress.com. And my email and phone number on all of those sites, I'm easy to get a hold of. Sounds great. Well, thank you so much for jumping on here and sharing with us today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, David. It's been a good pleasure. That wraps up another episode of the Forger podcast. Beverly clearly loves to serve other people, and I think that trait, along with her very impressive products, has naturally propelled her to the success she's seen with this side business. For more information about this episode, go to forger.com slash podcast slash 36. And if you enjoyed this episode, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. A review is the best way to support the show and will help others find it as well. And finally, if you are thinking about selling your own homemade food, check out my free mini course where I walk you through the steps you need to take to get a cottage food business off the ground. To get the course, go to cottagefoodcourse.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode.